Hello, and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast, where I'm going to be speaking with Isaiah Radke from the Missouri-based rock act Radke that he and his two brothers, Dee and Solomon, have formed and taken the rock world by storm with great music over the past 10 years or so. But they're really picking up steam now behind a, a slew of cool new things. We'll be speaking with Isaiah right after this. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock fans around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool. It's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. All right. Hello and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast. Now, this is going to be one of my, one of, probably one of my favorite episodes ever because I have been tugging at the sleeve of the Radke guys for months to come on the show now. And I'm totally stoked to finally be able to get Isaiah on the show to talk about all things Radke and much more. So, Isaiah, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So, I think you guys have potentially one of the coolest band journeys of all time. And I know it's not an easy road to have traveled, traveled per se, but you've been able to tour and play with some of the biggest music acts out there, even from the very first show where you guys have even played <clears throat> when you opened for Fishbone out there. Um, you know, those are kind of one of them funk rock icons that, you know, if you love Fishbone, it, it's always like they're always sold out and everything. So just to, that, that being your first show is very cool. And you guys have also played with like Cheap Trick, Local H, The Damned, and last summer you toured with the Foo Fighters, obviously on the on the heels of the get uh, I think it's called Get in the Van or What Drives Us. That's what it's called. What mm-hmm. Drives Us documentary that Dave Grohl created to talk about bands and vans and how rock music is an on the road type of business. Do you ever look back at some of this cool stuff and just pinch yourself because it's like <clears throat> there's so many things that have happened in the last ten or twelve years? Yeah, you know, sometimes it'll really just catch me by surprise. Like, you know, I'll just be going on living life, like you know, sometime after everything had happened, and then you'll just kind of start realizing just how cool everything was like every once in a while. And then that's uh, a way that it'll kind of come back. Cause like you have to not like dissociate with it, but like find a way to just accept everything and not feel like crazy in the moment. So it's, it's those times afterwards where you're like, wow. And you're really happy that you're not in that moment. And having a bunch of pressure, you know, while yeah. you're feeling that. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I can only imagine like, hey, Foo Fighters, like, let's come come on tour with us. And we're, we're you know, obviously you guys have played festivals for before, but, you know, you're the opening act for the Foo Fighters. And it's like you, I think maybe one other band, I can't remember who else was there, but then Foo Fighters. And it's like 50, 60,000 people that you're playing to or however many people. And it's like, they're all just looking at you. Whereas a festival, you know, they might be able to move around and, and switch to a different stage or whatever. And it's like, that's that's the focus. So I gotta imagine those those types of shows are pretty crazy when it's when it goes from one one type of show to the next. Yeah, yeah, it really was like it was it was really something. And then and then when you when you started kind of getting in the groove of everything, it, it was really trippy because you're like, man, I'm getting kind of used to doing like some of the biggest rock shows happening like in the country right now. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, especially last year with the fact that you know a lot of tours didn't happen or they got shut down prematurely and you guys actually made it through the whole thing and you guys put a lot of miles on the van so to say last year so um but the great the great thing about you guys is obviously you're not like you know you're not like the 40 year old 50 year old band 
where you guys are like touring it's like one of the last shows you guys are going to play like this is just kind of the beginning for you guys i mean you guys have been playing for a while now but you're all still young you're in your 20s so do you ever also think you know man we got so much more awesome stuff like let's just keep it going and see if we can sell out this place by ourselves next time yeah i mean pretty much <clears throat> i mean all of it just made us feel like you know we made the right decision to keep being in a band and writing songs so having gone through all of the Foo Fighters stuff and the What Drives This movie that just makes us feel really happy and confident in the future and, and the stuff that we're making. Yeah. Now, can you give me like your perspective on being in a band with your brothers for the last 10 or 11 years? Because I have a brother, I have a younger sister, an older brother. And I think if I was in a band, you know, we we would we fight anyway. So like, it would be one thing, but I know you guys are a little, have a little bit different relationship because you guys have been homeschooled. You guys kind of grew up as like just best friends and stuff like that. But you know, <clears throat> do you guys ever get in those, those situations where you're like, just start bickering and, and start pestering each other or how's it, how's no, it feel like, like, and it's kind of like you guys versus everybody else. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're all on like a team and like, you know, that's how we've been able to take on just like the whole music industry was just, you know, we're, we got a nice relationship. We're, you know, we're homeschooled and yeah, just really get along. Yeah. So I also know that like you guys, obviously, um, your family operation now, like you kind of had some labels in the past and, and some, you work with some big producers. I mean, Russ Orton, uh, who's done like Arctic monkeys and, and Bill Stevenson from the descendants who's worked with literally everybody. But do you kind of feel like this is something that because you guys are all brothers and your dad's obviously helping with the management side of things that like, you don't really need a label or is it, you think that sometimes like you could be doing more if like a big label kind of supported it more or what's your kind of take on that? <clears throat> well, I mean, I'm always open to, you know, if the right situation comes along and a label wants to do things, you know, uh, a cool way. But generally I found that anytime we were on a label, it just, a lot of times it gets in the way of us actually getting to get into the studio. Like for instance, we got a song just came out today and <clears throat> that's because Games tonight, we right? didn't, yeah, yeah. And, we, and that happened because we didn't have it to run, <clears throat> run the song by anyone. We just, we love the song. We went and recorded mm -hmm. it. We didn't have to run the mix by any label. We didn't have to, we just got Ross Orton. We asked him to mix it and he mixed it up. And then we didn't have to get the labels permission for that. You know, yeah. like there's, there's, there's walls in front of every single step that you take. And this song is out because we just did everything, you yeah. know, and it feels pretty much the same as a major label putting it out. I mean, you can listen to it, you can download it and it looks legit. Like it sounds awesome. So it's just like, I don't know. So I guess you could say like, I'm open to like the, like the marketing yeah. element of, and, and, you know, of, of a label, like to do things on a huge scale that we physically couldn't even do. But like right now, like you would really have to bring a lot to the table because like we have no one telling us no. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the difference between, getting a job or being self-employed, right? Like nobody wants to go to work and have a boss telling them what to do versus like, Hey, you know, if you're running your own business, you don't have to worry about that. So I totally get it. And I think that's awesome that you guys can, as a family unit, you know, create that. And obviously, you know, things have gone, you know, in and around 
the the music world in the last couple of years, things have gone weird, right? So I know like you guys have done your own Patreon and and stuff like that. So you, you guys have found ways with or without a label support to kind of maintain that and keep going. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's awesome that you guys have, because like I said, you're also kind of on the young, you skew young, obviously. Cause so maybe an older band would have just said, well, I guess we got two years off and we're not going to do anything. We're not going to, maybe they'll write music, but they won't think about all the technological things that they can do with yep. like Patreon and all that other stuff. So how do you think that's kind of coming about? And do you see that kind of like a long-term solution to, you know, maybe not having a label and actually just working directly with your, your fan base. Absolutely. Because, you know, we, we always keep our fans in mind, even in our songwriting process, you know, it's, it's for us and we're always keeping, we want to write for the fans a little bit as well. <clears throat> that definitely, you know, it's not 100% like, you know, this is dominating the song. Like we're still going to go in the directions we want, but like, you know, in the mixing process, you know, we're thinking about the fans like <clears throat> so it's great that we can have something like patreon so they can hear like behind the scenes stuff and yep. uh you know since we're all thinking about each other we might as well be connected in that situation and keep you know providing and then that helps us make more music that they want to hear so it's pretty sweet yeah yeah and it's a great way to kind of support artists that you know especially independent artists that aren't getting paid by a label, you know, or doing massive tours right now or whatever. So I think it's a fantastic idea. And, um, you know, I, I do want to touch on the music though, because you guys have been able to put out quite a bit of music in a relatively short period of time over the last couple of years. Now, um, if anyone listening to this podcast right now, hasn't heard Radke literally right after this, right after you listen to us talk, go listen to every single one of their songs. Cause they're all amazing. I have yet to find one person who I've played Radkey for that isn't immediately impressed. And I mean that, like I played it for probably 20, 30 people and they're like, holy That's shit, awesome. these guys are really good. Like how I've never heard of them. I was like, I thought the exact same thing. The first time I heard of them, I was like, these guys are freaking awesome. So let's get into that because you guys have been putting out albums since about 2015 from my memory. And you guys have like this, you have this sound that's like, I, I know people will say it's like this grown up sound when you guys, even as early as you guys, when, when you're teens and early twenties, you have this like, soul rock sound that like you were able to immediately come in there and just it's like a mashup of like punk with like 70s rock and like some r&b and by r&b i don't mean like you know drake and hip-hop and stuff i mean like you know like the r&b of like the old old school mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and stuff like that and you guys have a you guys cover a bill withers song so it's like all these like cool organic natural sounding things that just mash together and you know when d sings it's like he's got that voice too of like this like Al Green type guy or something that just put into a rock band. It's, it's incredible. So when you guys did this, did you have like a sound you were going for or was it like, what kind of influences were you guys listening to that just like <clears throat> made this happen? Well, we had listened to all kinds of music from Weezer, Led Zeppelin, Ramones, uh, like even like Steely Dan and like uh, just presidents of the United States that band from the nineties, like oh, yeah. all kinds of crazy crazy bands and and you know <clears throat> we really kind of based the sound off of the two songs d brought to the band when we first started playing and uh you know it was a song called fooled and where do you stand and mm -hmm. we those songs are so ready to go and cool and like they're real simple but like after that, that was kind of like, okay, so we can do songs that sound kind of like this, you know, and uh, kind of like 
the Radke sound. It's like kind of the beginning of the Radke sound. Yeah. And we just kind of took it from there. And then as we kind of learned how to write songs, that was the style we were kind of writing in. And yeah. as we learned more things, it just got incorporated into that style pretty much. And then everything we do seems to have that, that kind of vibe. And that's just us doing what we do. And we've had labels, you know, trying to get involved and get co-writes and stuff. And, and we always feel that that's when we would lose all of our fans. Cause like, if we lose that, that thing that we have, or if that gets yeah. written out, then, then it's just all over. Like, what's the point even? Yeah. And, and you do write most of the songs yourself and then D sings them. And Solomon, I know has written at least one or two songs as well. And I think you guys have co-written some songs as well, but yeah. And it's, and that's like mostly on the lyrical side, like yeah. pretty much like uh, if you thought of it like a, like a factory, it would be like, you know, most times generally D's got, some crazy melody ideas or some a lot of a song and then i'll hear the melody and be able to come up with all kinds of lyrics and then you know every once in a while like you know i've got a song or saul's got a song or and that's been happening more and more as the band has gone on because d had been writing songs first so um yeah so but but generally though it's like and then when it comes to a jam as well, like a lot of songs these days come from jams. So that's when yeah. we're all jamming and Dee's doing the gibberish so I can come up with lyrics at the same yeah. time. But then, you know, Dee's doing melody and guitar. So that's driving a lot of the songs. So it's just, it's a real crazy collaborative effort. And and it, it's rare when there's a song like, for instance, Cat and Mouse, where it's one person did like most of it. Like uh, these days... We're, we're all f- more more involved but yeah lyrically i i do i do most of the lyrics pretty much yeah so now obviously when you guys first started kind of playing instruments in general like i, I know the story you guys kind of saw school of rock with like we want to be that right like you guess you saw jack black and said i want i want to be in that kind of a band did you guys actually do, do like the because i know they have like the the rock and roll academies and schools of rock around cu- the country did you guys actually do something like that and then like actually get together or did you guys just take lessons or I think you guys self-taught from what I've heard, right? Yeah. We've just self-taught and listened to a bunch of music and watched a bunch of music videos. And yeah, that's pretty much all we did. We, 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 I mean, obviously we would have loved to join a school of rock. If you would have yeah. asked those guys who started Radkey back in the day, maybe not when we started Radkey, but like before then we, after yeah. watching school of rock, yeah, we would have wanted to join one, but <laughs> But yeah, we, we weren't a part of any of it. Yeah, cool. So I know you guys, obviously, when you first kind of came out, I, I know like on some of the early stuff, you guys did have a kind of a power punk type of vibe. Mm-hmm. But on, on the new newest album, Green Room, you guys kind of went more, and I don't know if it's like a, a change or an evolution or just the way that the songs were written or how the growth came out, but it's more of like an anthemic rock, like songs like Judy, uh, Two-Face, mm-hmm. Seas, like, like most of that album is like, every single song you put on there immediately by the end of the song, you'll have known the hook. You'll be singing along to it. It's this incredible song. And literally when I put it on for the first time, I was like, like, this is one of the greatest rock albums I've ever heard. Like I just Thank did you. I appreciate a, a, that. a top 100 and I put it number 77 and it could have been That's much higher than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like <clears throat> for us, I would describe it as like, we've always wanted to be like bands like Weezer and cheap trick and like bands who write these crazy big songs and like Foo Fighters and like when you first start a band you just you literally can't do it so all of our songs came out as like punk songs pretty much 
like and then like and you're young so you want to go fast and show everyone what you can do so yeah. everything ended up like that and then when we worked with ross <clears throat> we went to sheffield and uh actually it was san francisco first and he kind of taught us that you know, he he said something that really meant a lot to us he said you know you guys have these songs that there's this natural groove you know this natural groove to them to all of them you know even your crazy punk songs so if you tried or at least messed around with slowing them down just a little bit you know i feel like those grooves would expand and become a complete song because he, we in in the how fast you guys are making them you're kind of flattening out some of the groove that's kind of in there yeah. you know and if you expand on that instead of like hiding in the speed punk you know and then that's how we got delicious rock noise you know that whole record is all like we went back home after that san francisco session we're like oh my god you can write songs like this and we can write songs like this yeah. <laughs> you know so then we took the band there you know because that's the band we've always wanted to be like you know we've got little nods to the old fan base like in songs like glore you know every yeah. once in a while we'll do you know stains is kind of something like that but you know spiders like we'll throw in a crazy song here and there just to just you know just like you know we used to be kind of like that kind yeah. of thing we can still do it kind of thing but yeah yeah we've always wanted to create stuff like smashing pumpkins and like weezer and cheap yeah. trick and we really want to be up there with those big rock bands like the big big ones yeah i mean it reminds me a lot of when arctic monkeys put out the am record and they have that and just slowed totally. everything they did down and it just amplified everything it made it seem like now they went from like a club band to like an arena band like in one album totally and that's yeah. totally what happened like and if you can go back to a lot of their old music you can hear a lot of those types of riffs yeah just played faster yeah so and with no falsettos or anything so it's it's yeah that album that album really uh changed a lot about rock music like i don't know if it gets enough credit like that record like really let you know what you can do just how far you can go into the dance area while yeah. having some black sabbath guitars and things like that like it was mind-blowing it's it's a mind-blowing album and yeah. that whole project are you mine i would say is the best song and if you can you can go to spotify you can find the single version and that's the one that ross orton mixed actually and that one sounds insanely like so much better than the actual album version. Yeah. So I would recommend tracking that down. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I like some of the early stuff I'm, I'll sit and listen to the, the music behind it. So like, you know, the lead guitar, the drums, I mean, there's some songs on the first couple albums and some songs in the early stages where Solomon is literally playing like what I would say is like some of the fastest drums I've heard on some tracks in my life. I'm like, For he's real? just going nuts. And then you go to like Judy and he's like, doo, 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 doo. and it's like mm -hmm. so cool to go from, you know, that speed punk kind of thing all the way down to like a groovy, like 60 style drum beat. And yeah, we, we, we love that kind of thing, man. Yeah. Bands like faith, no more and stone temple pilots who can change their sound up quite a bit. We always love bands like that. And yeah. Queens pretty much one of those as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Queen, I don't think they ever set an expectation for this is what Queen sounds like. It's yeah, like, exactly. what does Queen sound like? We don't know. Let's just make the craziest thing we can do yeah. right now. You couldn't explain to me what Queen sounds like because then yeah. I could play you a song that's like, well, what about this freaking crazy psychedelic shit? You know, yeah. it's crazy. 
Yeah, exactly. So do you think, you know, obviously I just mentioned that, you know, I put, uh, put green room at number 77 in my top 100, which hasn't all come out yet, but up to that point has come out. So it's not revealing anything. Um, no spoilers yet, but you know, <laughs> it, it makes me believe that rock and roll is not going to die because there's young guys like you guys who can, you know, absolutely tear it up. So do you think that like rock and roll will actually have like a following forever? Do you think the way that rock music right now is kind of part of a dying trend where eventually all music will be like electronic or pop music that's only made to sell records? I think that the fact that we have been able to survive as a band shows that rock should pretty much be around forever and it should come in waves. Like it'll probably go away for a while. Yeah. And I think that, uh, it's about to pretty much be coming back, I feel like, because, you know, it wasn't like this back in the, you know, the beginning of the band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for, it seems like for like the last 10 or 12 years, rock music isn't even on the radio anymore. Uh, you know, when they say it's a rock band, it's like 21 Pilots where, yeah, yeah sure, they play instruments, but there's a lot of electronic stuff going on in the background. And, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, Machine Gun Kelly's considered pop punk now. I'm like, I don't think so, but maybe my vision of what rock music is is just not what's, you know, what modern kids or you know, other people might consider it. So totally, yeah. So we would was... we want to be the like the answer to that. Like so, like we could be if we're let's say we become one of those bands, like in that mix, then it's yeah. like okay, I guess modern rock isn't like that like machine yeah. gun kill you know what i mean like yeah so if this if this continues then we should have a better example of what modern rock can be i like that i'm gonna use that the tagline for the show a better example of what modern rock can be with isaiah yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah because it seems like you know all the big rock acts that draw big crowds are ones that were popular before streaming services and like napster and all that stuff existed and you know Obviously, that was when CDs were, were the main platform where you could buy stuff and, and people actually had to go buy them, right? Like you couldn't just pop, pop, pop on your computer and play whatever playlist or, you know, just play a whole album right there. Do you feel like streaming music kind of has a positive or negative uh, in terms of how bands make a living off their craft these days, knowing that obviously vinyl and Patreon still exist? And that's kind of where a lot of people are making their money. But do you see streaming as like the negative or positive in that sense? Well, I think of it as a positive because I feel like in this time, I don't know if Radke would have actually made it without the the way that streaming is. Like, yeah, we had CDs and we had all that, but that didn't like back when we couldn't get to other states and stuff before. Yeah. Like, it was great that we could build a demand before we could even get to these places or, yeah. you know, get people to order anything from us and, uh, yeah, like for instance, when we put this song out, it's just so sweet that like everyone just gets to hear it as much as they want. And, you know, we'll get the physical thing figured out when we do. And, yeah. you know, I don't even know if we're doing singles, you know, vinyl yeah. singles. That'd be sweet. I, I mean, I would love to do that, but I know things are weird right now with vinyl. Yeah. Obviously, speaking of, of the new song, um, you know, you guys said it's, it's basically in terms of you're looking to release a few singles this year that will likely lead to a new album obviously you're not going to end your career anytime soon are the, all these songs that you're going to release this year going to be part of an album or will some of them be standalones yeah this is uh this is the beginning of the new album okay 
So when do you think that that will be, is it going to be ready this year, next year, or is it just play it by ear kind of thing right now? Yeah, it's going to be this year. We, uh, in the next couple of months, I think we'll be going in to record like, just like the rest of it. Like we've been doing lots of writing sessions and, uh, we're going to be hitting the studio, um, in a couple of weeks to record, uh, close to the first half. And then we're going to, you know, go in next couple months after that and finish it and then you know see what we're gonna do see if any labels want to do anything see if we're doing it ourselves yeah yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and write down on this notepad right here that uh 2022 rock album of the year rad key whatever the title is because uh, yeah yeah gonna be up there <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be awesome i'm i'm, I'm super excited because you know a lot of bands what they'll do is they'll just kind of trickle out a bunch of singles and they're like well we don't really know what we're going to do. This could be an EP. This could be an LP. This could be just singles, you know, just to get some more hype. And obviously you guys aren't, uh, you aren't ashamed or afraid, I should say, of, of taking anything on the road. So like, you know, have a handful of new songs and go out and tour before you finish a, a, an album. But the fact that you said that you guys are going to finish an album in the next couple months is probably one of the most exciting things I've heard in a long time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was looking at the notebook the other day and during a writing session, I was like, man, we've got, I mean, officially enough songs to really basically be like, all right, we're looking at the album right now. So it's, it's really exciting. That's awesome. So let's talk about some of the other shit that you like, because you have, you guys all together have massive obsessions with quite a few things, video games, comic books, cats. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys post about all this stuff often. Um, kind of give me an explanation. Obviously I, I understand the video games and the comic books, you guys, being homeschooled, you know, that's a form of entertainment that you can do right in, right in your home. Um, mm -hmm. you, you, you play video games, you post even on your social media accounts about, you know, achievements that you unlock and stuff. And I'm like, man, are these guys like the biggest nerds as well as the best rockers around or what? That's pretty much what it is. Like, that's, what's kind of funny. Like, is that we're as nerdy as any other, you know, nerd that you would meet if not nerdier. And, uh, <laughs> It just kind of doesn't make sense. And keep in mind, I did listen to you and, and Solomon do your podcast episode, so I have heard that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, we we really want to keep that going. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like because it was great to have a way for people to see just how nerdy we are and and our game predictions and things like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really it's really something to to be like in a rock band, but also to like play and know all these game things that wouldn't be expected of like someone who does like what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally like I'm listening to you guys' podcast episode and I'll see stuff that you post on your social media account. I'm like, I don't even know what game that is. Is that Halo? Is that, what is this? <laughs> I, I'm so far out of the video games by now. Cause like, it's probably been like five years since I've even really played. I, I have like multiple consoles, but I just don't play them anymore. And I have a newborn son. He's a one year old now, but like, it's just been too long. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm 400 years old compared to these guys now. <laughs> also, yeah, it's hard thing, to keep up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Every every single year, it's like some new new video game comes out. And, you know, it's that's the thing. And if you're not on that thing, you have no idea what's happening. Yep, yep. So I bring this up, obviously, like, you guys, you guys kind of, I wouldn't say call out gamers but i think there was something on social media where like um i, I might have been you who was like um causing some trouble online with one of these video games and like there was some sort of article or some sort of post about it and you'd posted it on your social media saying like um 
you know, uh, something like Isaiah Radke gets kicked off of gaming platform or, or starts trouble with a gaming platform. Do you know what I'm talking about from that? That might not have been you either. It might have been one of your hmm. brothers, but it was basically, I think what the, what the thing was is that um, you were, well, somebody was essentially uh, playing the game as might some do and they camp or whatever and then kill a bunch of people and then uh, somebody gets upset and then they find out who you are and then they bitch about you or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it could have been – I definitely had a dude try to hack me the other day. Is that what it, it was? It could have been that, yeah. It might have been it, that. It, yeah, and that was kind of funny because it was just like, you know, we're Saul and I, we're, we're pretty good at this game, Destiny 2, like enough to where people – obviously would want to hack us so it's just kind of funny uh cause, and we've even we're trying to make a music video too because we've actually beaten a, f a couple like big players like not like you know in like a tournament or anything but like yeah. coming across each other as underdogs so it's kind of cool that like we've been able to test our skill against like some of the even kind of celebrity gamer like streamer dudes is there any rival gamers that you want to call out specifically oh let's see let's see what was his name <laughs> oh man i think it was wild men jack <laughs> we've got a destiny 2 pissing contest going on so we run into each other again <laughs> no it's funny because with that guy um i want to say he was he called saul and i idiots and then we uh played against him and we were beating him so bad that he quit and then we got video of it and then we put it on TikTok. <laughs> so funny. like there's a whole TikTok, and then we told him like dude you're gonna be on TikTok, and he was getting so pissed off it was hilarious <laughs> that's very funny yeah i can imagine like you know especially if like you're just a guy playing in your living room and like someone who's a, a you know celebrity or semi-celebrity for not even for video games but for something else like imagine like michael j fox coming on and beating you in a video game or something you're like what the Dude. hell is that crap? Like, what are you even doing here, man? Go away. Yeah, it would be like, there's no reason you should be better than me at this, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, yeah exactly. That'd be hilarious. So, um, you know, you guys obviously, I've been following you guys on social media for a while, and it seems like you guys are overwhelmingly a pretty positive group of guys, and you look like you're having a lot of fun with, you know, living the dream of being a rock band and, and succeeding, obviously. Is there any specific reason you guys kind of push this positive message as opposed to, like, you know, just being, you know, how some rock guys are, like, dark and brooding and miserable and hate being famous and all this stuff? It's like, <laughs> is that part of your upbringing, or is it just like, this is what you want to do, so of course we're going to be happy about it. That's kind of what it is. It's like we our main thing is that like we're just a bunch of nerds. Like it may look different, but we're as approachable as anyone. Like we're just a couple regular guys who wanted to make music that didn't exist yet. Yeah. And basically, like, yeah, you want to talk about Dragon Ball or anything? Like we're just our main thing. One of our main things has always been to not like try to fake looking cool. Like if you end up looking cool for a couple seconds, that's awesome. But like, yeah. don't force it. Like like you know, it's a fun time. Like if you smile, that's you know natural. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I can imagine, like you know, back in the day, like you know, all these rockers like Kurt Cobain and stuff, who you know seemed pretty miserable being famous, and then they'd come across you on tour or something and be like what the hell are you guys so happy about? <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, what's yeah, not yeah. to be happy about? What are you kidding me? We're playing music for a living. And just, it would yeah. be an interesting dynamic to see something like that. 
it's always funny, man, because we're we're always the weird guys on tour because we 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 always can compare ourselves to Rush. Like we're just like you know we play the show, then we're wanting to like get the Xbox hooked up or like get some <laughs> kind of pizza or something. Like there's you know the the show happens, you're tired, like like it's time to see if we can keep up the destiny skill, you know? Yeah. So I think one of the things that, you know, about the music that I personally like is, is you guys don't, I don't know how to explain it, but you guys don't seem to force needing to sound like incredibly talented or anything like that. You guys are clearly incredibly talented, but you don't make like a a nine minute opus and try to seem like, you know, like a rush or, you know, something like that. You guys do stick to a, a rad key sound, as you might say, mm-hmm, where it's, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we want. We want, you know, three, four minute songs, two and a half minute songs, something like that. And this is kind of how our format goes. Do you ever think that you might change that and throw some of those random kind of songs in there? Or is this like, you're pretty content with how things go? Yeah. Like, I mean, even with this record, we're talking about like, you know, what, what things have we not done? So we're, we kind of have a little list of things like that. And then whenever we get into a bind or a song sounding a little samey, you know, we start thinking, let's open the book of things that like we haven't like messed with yet and see how that fits in the song. Like, cause you know, we hadn't done a whole lot of bridges and pre-courses before No Strange Cats. So that, that, you know, some things get added to the formula as we experiment with them and like them. But yeah. like, yeah, one of our main things is not changing everything so much to where like it's not rad key. Like you, you know, because some sometimes things change a lot and it's good and it fits the band and it actually works and everyone's happy. But sometimes uh, it's like you need to start a different project for that sound yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, and I can imagine if you guys do experiment with a song or two, it's going to be like that, like a song or two, not like a whole album where it's like. Hey, we're the Beatles. We're going to do Sergeant Pepper's. And everybody's like, what the hell is this thing? What? Totally. Why did you go do totally. this thing when you were the Beatles before? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool. So we'll add some uh, links to the music and the website and everything like that. And um, another thing I think that you guys do awesome is, is your merch. So like I mentioned this on social media, like if you haven't seen the merch that Radke has, I know like your dad actually does a lot of the graphics for that. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, he's, he's done, he's done a pretty good job with some of the merch um, get yourself some merch because you, you'll definitely want to check that out. But do you have anything else that you want to talk about or plug or, you know, say anything to the fans or people who haven't heard of you guys before we go today? Um, I would say, yeah, check out on our YouTube page. Uh, we've got a new video that just dropped that we did with fans. Um, it's for our song Paw, and it's, it's a really, really sweet video we do with our buddy Chris Durr. And uh, yeah, it, it looks really, really awesome. And, we finally have a music video video for Paul, which is awesome too. So that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't even know, I haven't even seen that yet. So I have to go check that out. Yeah, it's the uh, uh, what is it like the shat not shadow drop, but it's like the soft release. There we go. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well check that out for sure. So I'll get those links from you, or I'll find it. I'll, I'll put it on the show notes. But I do want to thank you very much. You know Isaiah from Radkey. It's been an awesome conversation today. If you haven't checked out their their band yet or their music yet. Go to the show notes below. Check everything out because you're going to probably love every single second of it. And if you don't, um, send me a letter. I'll, I'll come and fight you in person. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you like what you heard on the show today, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends on social media. You can see the full video interview on our YouTube channel as well. 
Also, if you want to uh, check out some of our written content or any of the products or merch that you have available, uh, go to PowerBarRock.com to read our absolutely free rocking blog full of album reviews, interviews, and lists to keep you entertained. And find our gear as well so you can pick up some items to look and play like a rock legend. That's our show for today. We'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. <laughs>